Welcome to the Creative Diaries. Today I'm here with Sophie Max. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no worries. So we're mainly here today to talk about your movie, The Whole Thru- Truth. I have an Irish accent, so I always go truth. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, how did you come into making it and what is the story behind it? So I wrote the movie in September 2018. I'm mainly an actress, but I've been writing basically my whole life. So that's something that I kind of always did. And then I had this idea for this film and wrote the script back when I was living in New York at the time. And then I came back to London, did a lot of rewrites and was kind of talking about it um, and thinking about it a lot, kind of realised that I wanted to see if I could, you know, make it happen um, and and actually shoot the movie. So I did all the kind of pre-production stuff that that involves and we ended up filming of in July of last year, July 2019. Yeah, now we're kind of the film's done and we're working on all the film festivals and stuff. We're probably going to premiere at some point this year um, in festivals. The film is about two women and a kind of female friendship in the aftermath of childhood sexual abuse. So it's about basically two women who are at very different points in their lives kind of coming together in order to kind of help each other in this healing process, I guess. I hope that it kind of sheds some light on a little bit of what that the kind of legal and psychological processes of that are like and also is kind of hopeful and yeah and healing and kind of empowering in that way. I love the name because I realized after watching the trailer that it is something people say like tell me the whole truth and stuff. Such a weird saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's such an endeavor writing and bringing your own. So after the writing process, how did you get in contact with people and find people that trusted what you wanted to do did you direct it yourself or did you have another director? no I had a director an amazing director called Yalita Ali she's absolutely incredible I'd worked with her on a short film for her like a student film for her um and had just loved working with her I loved the way she worked with actors and so I kind of passed the script on to her and asked if she would be interested in doing it and she came back to me and said she was she loved it and she was really interested And so she was kind of with me throughout the whole process since about February or March of 2019 through to filming and then all the way through post. Yeah, and so I kind of started with her and we were kind of the central team and then we built the rest of the team. We advertised jobs, obviously, then we interviewed everyone, auditioned actors. We found an incredible other actor. I played one of the roles and then one of the two lead roles and then the other actress we found, Kaya Chan, she's absolutely incredible and that was just through kind of auditioning people we auditioned probably somewhere between like 30 and 50 people for like a for for one role yeah um we got like a like a hundred or something applications and we kind of auditioned some of those people and, and landed on Kaya pretty quickly and then we interviewed everyone for the crew a lot of that interview process was kind of why do you want to tell this particular story? Why do you want to be part of telling this particular story? And like, why is it important to you? And so we found an absolutely incredible, actually all-female crew who had all kind of talked with us about how they connected with the material and why they wanted to tell this particular story and be part of this particular crew. And it turned out to be absolutely incredible. Like, it was one of the most cohesive film crews I've like I've ever you know been on set with and it was just an absolutely incredible energy on set yeah that's amazing 
to have an all-female crew as well. Yeah, it's so rare. And it's, you know, we all talked about how it was just totally different from any other film set that any of us had ever been on, really. Because there's, well, there would be for me if I was doing something, you know, about such a serious topic, doing it justice kind of a thing. So how do you go about doing it sensitively? And how long was your writing process as well? My writing process is always really short. I think I wrote the script, the first draft of the script, in about three hours. I just kind of, once I have an idea, I just sit and it just all pours out. And then I put it aside and leave it for two weeks, a month. And then I return to it and kind of make edits and rewrites. So the script was pretty much done by December of 2018, having started it in September. And that included kind of periods of leaving it alone. I think... Well, obviously, because I'm because I'm an actress first, I I fall in love with characters and I want to do them justice. And I did a lot of research, speaking to therapists and speaking to lawyers. I shadowed a lawyer in court for a few days as he was prosecuting one of these types of cases. So I experienced what that was like and kind of saw this child basically on the stand. And then I wanted to kind of do it justice for, for that reason as well. And I just think as long as you are telling it as honestly as you possibly can and in a and in a very raw way, not in a I didn't I just didn't want it to be anything stereotyped. I think we see a lot of in a lot of media we see a lot of kind of stereotypes about these kind of issues. I think it's either very sexualized it's often very sexualized, which is so wrong if you think about it. Yeah. Or it's kind of the end of this person's life. And we see a lot of really graphic violence towards especially young women in a lot of media. And I was very adamant from the beginning that I didn't want there to be any graphic violence in it at all. The abuser's perspective is not present in the film at all. It's all aftermath. You don't see him at all and you don't get to hear his story or his point of view. And I was very adamant that I wanted this to be a film where there's no questioning about whether this happened or didn't happen or whether they're telling the truth or not telling the truth or kind of what the circumstances were that allowed the situation to happen I just wanted it to be you know kind of how I believe it should be which is you know this has happened and we listen to the survivors and we hear them say their truth and there isn't a perspective on you know excusing any abuse so I think that's how that's the main reason that kind of how I was trying to do justice to to survivors yeah it sounds amazing I'd love to see it thank you hopefully soon yeah Yeah. (laughs) and this time next year if I was to interview again what would you like to be able to say about the whole truth I'd like us to have screened at some amazing festivals all over the world hopefully that's that's our aim I'd love to have pitched or kind of be pitching the film to distributors and I'd actually love to be doing a school tour with it. Um, oh. I've been thinking about this recently, about wanting to kind of take it around to different, you know, sixth forms and senior schools, basically, and showing the film to teenagers and then maybe doing a Q&A or kind of answering their questions. Because the the abusive relationship in the film is between a student and teacher. So I think it really lends itself to kind of, you know, wanting to raise that issue among teenagers in schools yeah exactly yeah and as well just humanizing survivors as you said definitely
So I'd like to know a little bit more about you and how you got into acting. Like what age would you say you got into acting and were your parents creative? So my family are all pretty creative. They're not actors, but both my parents and both my grandmas are classical musicians. So I kind of come from a, a music background. Yeah. That's what I was doing. You know, I was playing violin since I was four years old, waking up and practicing before school. So there was a lot of kind of discipline and practice and and music going on in my life for as long as I can remember, really. I mean, I I kind of don't remember when I per se got into acting because I've heard such conflicting things. I met someone who knew me when I was seven years old who said that I was introducing myself as an actor when I was seven. (laughs) Uh, But obviously I have no memory of that. I do remember my first play ever. I was a snowflake in okay. I believe a nativity play when I was five. Oh, cool um <laughs> they cast snowflakes. yeah yeah we did a snowflake dance that was that but personally I remember kind of always loving it but being really shy and so not really kind of being involved in it so much when I was I think about 11 or 12 I decided that I didn't want to be shy anymore because I wanted to be able to do the school plays and things so I put myself in improv classes to kind of throw myself in the deep end and get over some of the fear that I had kind of talking in front of people. And then my 14th birthday, I went to the RSC and saw Romeo and Juliet. Okay. And I remember watching Juliet in the ballroom scene where Romeo and Juliet first meet and just like looking at her and saying, I want to do that. That is what I want to do. Yeah. That's so interesting. Everybody has that one character that they like like in Aggie's one she was talking about Star Wars watching Natalie Portman wanting to be a princess yeah (laughs) but everybody has that one person or one movie that kind of made them want to do this yeah and how come you decided to move to New York then you went to the American Academy yeah so I went to drama school in New York I grew up in London so I've been here my whole life and when I was looking at drama schools I was obviously looking at London as well um, and I knew I wanted to train But I did a workshop with this school in New York and I just loved how they worked. And I thought to myself, you know, if I train in London and then work in London and, you know, I'm never going to go anywhere else. Yeah. And so I I really wanted that experience of getting to be somewhere else and really have that independence and just kind of discover who I was outside of London. And I think that was it totally changed me as a person. It, It was transformative, absolutely transformative. Okay. Yeah. How yeah. like what were the classes like there? They were amazing. Yeah, you know, we did all the kind of standard, you know, acting, scene study, voice movement. We did a lot of Meisner work, Stanislavski, Uta Hagen, like all the kind of classic stuff, Shakespeare, screen acting. We did really a bit of everything and it was really amazing. I, I learned a lot and it transformed my acting and it transformed me as a human being. It kind of really allowed me to discover myself and also discover the kind of work that I wanted to do. One of the main things I got from drama school was the people I met. Would you say that you have a lot of contacts now that are still in in New York? It was very international in a lot of ways. So I have friends now from drama school who are living kind of all over the world, which is amazing. Um, I do still have a lot of friends in New York. I have a couple who've, you know, come back to London or who were, you know, originally from the UK and have come back. Obviously, a couple who would love to visit over here. I have some in LA, some in New York, kind of all over Europe, Australia, you know, everywhere. It was really, really international, which was just a whole, you know, new perspective that was really exciting. How long have you been done now? Um, So I graduated in 2017. 
So wow. nearly three years. Yeah, but God, you've been really active for your time. Your yeah, <laughs> I kind of stepped out of school running. I stayed and worked in New York for about a year and a half after I graduated. And then I, I came back at the end of 2018. But I got my first job before I graduated. And I was then kind of working on that. And, and just it was a hard, it was hard work, but I was really kind of just trying to audition and get the wheels turning as yeah. soon as possible so one of the things i've been asking people on this podcast a lot is about advice since you write and act what advice would you give to people that want to write their own stories i'd say to not second guess yourself or the stories that you want to tell because everyone is so unique and everyone has such a unique different perspective that you know we need your stories we need the stories that you are passionate about telling we don't need the stories that you know you think other people want to hear like don't think about what other people might want to hear or what you think will kind of sell or kind of anything in in that perspective I'd say tell the stories that you want to tell and the stories that excite you and the stories that you're passionate about and the stories that you know you want to put out into the world to make a change or to start a conversation or to just kind of entertain people that you would be entertained by because there are so many people writing the same stories and there are so many people out there writing that the thing that distinguishes you is your uniqueness and the stories that you want to tell your voice. That's really good advice. Thank you. <laughs> You're actually, I th- probably, I've done like 20 episodes now. I have like eight more to release. But yeah, I don't think I've had anyone that's a writer yet. But that was one of the things, because I have a friend that actually works as a screenwriter and he is part of a company and he's, it's his proper, proper job. But he will not come on the podcast because he's like, oh no, I haven't done enough. Nothing's been... 100% made yet so many people are interested in his projects but it's very hard to define yourself as a, yeah. as a writer for a lot but of people I think that's the thing that that I think kind of is important about living life as a as a creative whether that's as an actor or a writer or you know a director anything a musician an artist like whatever whatever you're doing is for most people you can kind of define what your job is immediately like you go into the office every day and you're working and that's your job yeah and your you know product is coming out or whatever and it's it's very definable but I think a lot of creative people that I know have such a kind of struggle with calling themselves just what they are because you know oh I haven't you know nothing none of my work's been published or I haven't been in a big movie or I haven't whatever the kind I haven't been on tv yet I haven't directed a feature film yet you know whatever it is that you feel like are the milestones where you're allowed to call yourself what you are but I think part of the the kind of the way that you stay sane and the way that you kind of live this life is you have to claim that and be like yeah I'm a writer I'm an actor I'm a director whatever it is even if I haven't published any writing or a script of mine hasn't been produced yet, I'm still a writer because I'm writing. Yeah. I'm still an actor because I'm acting, whether I'm going to acting classes or acting in short films or you know acting in huge movies. It doesn't matter. Right? That's still what I am. Yeah. And it's, it's so freeing when you kind of just claim that. And it, it, it's something you have to train your mind into, definitely. It's something I had to train my mind to do. To just kind of be like, I'm not an aspiring actor. I'm not trying to be an actor. I'm an actor. Yes, I am an actor. Yeah. What do you think it was about acting that made you think, this is what I want to do? Ooh, it's, um. such a, it's such a difficult question. People have asked me that and I'm like, I hate that. Like, why do you want to be an actor? But anyway. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's something about characters that I love. I just love characters. I love people. I love the, I think, the strength that people have in different situations. And kind of getting to explore different worlds and different mindsets and different um, points of view. And also working with people. It's such a collaboration. And I love collaborating with people and creating telling stories that I'm passionate about but that connect with people I think it's about the connection with people whether that's you know character to character or character to audience or actor to director actor to writer I think so much magic and so much of the best art just comes from people connecting and collaborating what advice would you give to people that want to get into acting I'd say trust yourself I think it's really easy to like fall into a pattern of you know thinking I'm not good enough to do this or it's it's a really hard career I can't like I won't make it I won't be good enough but the only way you make it is by trying whatever it is you're working on it's so fulfilling in so many ways yeah just kind of if you if you feel like you want to do it and it's the thing that you want more than to do other things then please go and do it because we need like we need you we need different people and different perspectives and you know different individual human beings because it is you and your own humanity that connects to a role and that makes it makes that character the way that it is yeah like a character you know any character if it was played by a different actor would be totally different i think that's what i love so much about it and that's what's so magical about it is how much of yourself and your own heart you bring to it you just kind of have to trust yourself and your choices and your instincts because that's what's going to make that that's what's going to make it unique when we're talking about characters and everything do you have a dream role that you would like to play and do you have certain characters that you stay away from dream roles is is hard um i think there's so much that i'd love to do and so many goals that i have in terms of roles i think i I want to keep playing kind of strong, dynamic, complex female characters and explore kind of important stories. And whether that's, you know, Juliet and Romeo and Juliet, who I obviously love and would love to play, or, you know, whether it's a period drama on TV or, a, you know, a movie or whatever it is, those are the kind of roles that I'm drawn to. The two people that I want to work with most in the entire world, Greta Gerwig and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. They are my absolute goals in terms of you know the work that I want to do and the work that they make just you know what I want to do that's the epitome of you know if I could pick two people on the planet to, to with. collaborate with and to work with on anything it would be Greta Gerwig and Phoebe Waller-Bridge such different styles <laughs> so different but yeah. I you know I love everything that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is as that Phoebe's been doing you know with Fleabag and with kind of the journey of that and and kind of where it's taken her since then and I have loved Greta since Frances Ha like since the beginning okay. I've just her acting and and the movies that she did as an actor connected with me so much 20th Century Women which is a movie she's in with Annette Benning and Elle Fanning about basically three generations of women in the 70s kind of raising this teenage boy so it's his best friend his like the Greta Gerwig plays a woman who rents a room in their house and Annette Benning plays his mom and it's just an amazing picture of like 
women and kind of really different women and so many issues and that was the first movie that I saw that I was like I love that like that is perfect filmmaking to me that's that's exactly the stories that I want to be telling did you see Little Women three times yeah (laughs) yes three times sobbed through it so loved it yeah and then now her kind of transition into writing and directing and her voice as a director just the empower- the characters were so much more empowered than I've ever seen yeah. them before and it was it was wonderful it was such a warm movie I went to the BAFTA screening for it so then mm-hmm. the cast came out afterwards and she came out as well and it was the Q&A and literally everybody did such a good job on that movie because she was so detailed in what she yeah. wanted yeah I just think she's got she knows exactly what her voice is and what she wants to do and she's just doing it and I just love all of her work you know working with her would be the epitome of everything for for me and in, in my career for sure there you go Greta if, Greta, you're, listening. if you're listening please <laughs> Sophie Max I'm here <laughs> yeah I, she's yeah she's my inspiration yeah she's amazing very much so yeah I think if I stay away from anything it's characters that are stereotyped it's women that feel 2d they don't feel like they're a fully formed human being and i think especially something that is a red flag for me is when a character is you know not really described as anything particularly she's just girlfriend or wife or whatever and the one thing that kind of makes her a person in inverted commas is you know she's got a mental health issue or she's been assaulted I think that's often something that is kind of shoehorned in to just make a woman more than just a a stereotype or more than just a 2d character and I don't think that's what it is it's not that's not a whole personality trait yeah having been sexually assaulted or having a mental health issue is not a personality trait it might be a facet of a human being or an experience that they've had but it doesn't make a person and so I'm wary of roles that are like that i think yeah and it's shocking how many people still have that playing an issue or playing a state it's it's one thing that comes up all the time and in auditions kind of i've been going for it's always either a a physical description of the person or kind of like a a mental health issue or Mm -hmm. or brain damage or it can't be it's so you know one-dimensional that you can just say one thing and then be like that's the entire person yeah you know yeah a lot of people that went to drama school and stuff still do it which is crazy because they tell you to look out for this stuff Mm -hmm. i mean i think often you know people who are writing character descriptions maybe aren't writing a full description of the character but i think you know there are some situations where maybe that is important to the storyline or you know that's a and they are if you read the script they are a a fully fledged human being and you can do that and that can be a part of their story but not their whole story but you do sometimes see scripts where that's kind of a character's whole story um or their whole personality and i that's something i definitely would stay away from Mm. i was gonna say what were your favorite roles you've done so far oh it's a hard question um i'd say the whole truth is definitely one of them like i kind of don't want to be i don't want to kind of come off as i don't know self-absorbed or anything because i'm i'm not and it and it when we were on set it didn't feel like i'd written it it felt very very separate and i was just kind of doing my work as an actor so i almost forgot that it was my words that i was saying yeah my character mallory in that was yeah it was one of the most challenging i think roles that i've 
that I've played, but working with Kaya and working with Yelita, our director, to just, just the way that Yelita worked, she really wanted to get the most honest performance out of us. And she just somehow managed to drag out these absolutely incredible performances um, from Kaya and, you know, things that I was nervous about or that I didn't know if I would be able to kind of pull off in inverted commas she she really just kind of pulled out and just worked it kind of pulled out of us and just it felt so safe on set also just so freeing and so empowering and brave I just I just really fell in love with the character I just I, yeah I just fell in love with her and with her story and her bravery and what she was doing and her strength and I fell in love with Kaya's character as well and just with working with her and, and their relationship and the way that they challenged each other and helped each other and kind of pulled each other up was just incredible. I also did a I did a play in New York, a new play called Upstander Bystander. It was actually translated from French. It was written by a French playwright. It was an absolutely beautiful play about the Holocaust and the refugee crisis and kind of parallels differences kind of learning from history and whether we're going to repeat it or not um and I played a holocaust survivor in that play when it was yeah just really powerful writing and just again kind of building bridges between people and creating conversations in a really interesting way and just kind of tackling these really complex issues but in a really human way yeah, I had a great time doing that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. We kind of developed the play right from... We were the the first performance of it, so we developed it from kind of getting the script and the playwright flew over and we kind of talked about it with her. Wow. Made some developments, made, made some changes, experimented a lot with it and then eventually kind of performed it and premiered it. What was the reception like? It was great. We had a lot of people kind of be really moved by it obviously it was quite a difficult story to watch in in some ways um and a lot of people were, were really moved were really kind of interested in talking about you know talking to us about how how what we felt about these issues and about refugees and about the holocaust um and about how we can learn from history and how we can change um so it really opened up a lot of conversations we had some uh i believe some reps from the from the un uh, peace accord came and watched the play and they thought that it was really powerful my grandparents came um my grandma's parents were holocaust survivors mm -hmm. and my grandma flew over from london to watch the play and was really really moved by kind of i guess seeing <laughs> seeing me kind of living through that experience and i think it was quite heal i guess quite healing i for her maybe to to watch and to kind of go through that whole process and and see the character afterwards and kind of starting to rebuild and trying to come to terms with with what had happened so interesting emotions are running high i can only imagine do you think that being part of these kind of projects or what made you want to create your own project that makes a difference in the whole truth yes definitely i think it's it's played a part in in it for sure i think a lot of the work that i've done and I think being at drama school and then the work that I've done since drama school has really made me reckon with what kind of work do I want to create? What kind of work do I want to be part of? What is my voice as an artist? What is my, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I wanting to tell stories? Yeah. 
and I feel like all of that kind of led towards the whole truth and I hope this is kind of just the beginning for being part of those stories that I really want to tell I think I really believe in the power of art to make change in the world I think we can reflect the world but we can also change it I think we have almost unprecedented access like more than anything else almost to create empathy to make people think to spark conversations and I think that the only way we do that is by having diverse stories I think it's also really art is really accessible it's such an accessible way for especially film um more so I guess than theatre or you know opera or other aspects in terms of kind of cost to see them but it's such an accessible way to make people think and to challenge people and to show them perspectives outside of their own and so that's why I'm so passionate about women in film about uh, you know women in the arts generally about diversity about diversity in the voices of people telling the stories and also the people whose stories we're telling because I think a lot of the disparity comes from people who have no experience of a certain of what it is to be a you know to live a certain experience telling that story from the outside Mm. so I don't think it's you know necessarily always their fault that they're perpetuating certain stereotypes because I think they just don't know that that's not the reality they don't even know that they're doing that so the only way that we switch that is by really allowing those diverse storytellers behind the camera in the you know in the writer's room in the director's chair to be telling their stories and the stories that are passionate that they're passionate about and then obviously having the actors in front of the camera who can tell those stories and you know hopefully the next generation of kids being able to see much healthier more realistic more honest portrayals of what they're going through because they're you know they're written by people who are who you know have had that experience and who are writing from from a place of honesty rather than you know distance or judgment so I think I did a lot of I've done a lot of kind of thinking and through all the all of the experiences that I've had I've kind of come to to some of those thoughts and some of those conclusions and I think it was the passion that I have for that that led to the whole truth and that I'll hopefully kind of carry through in the work that I keep making yeah and are you writing anything at the moment are you going to focus on the whole truth or have you started yeah are you writing anything yes I have a lot of kind of unfinished or finished but need tweaking need editing kind of scripts on the side that are always there and that whenever I have a moment I go back to I am currently co-writing a play with my wonderful friend and co-writer co-actor Katie Joyce we're going to be premiering that in London in uh, April or May we're kind of finalizing dates right now and then taking it up to Edinburgh Fringe in the summer so a lot of my focus is going to be on the whole truth this year and also on kind of doing that this summer and I'm acting in that as well so it's kind of all pistons firing at the moment you have a lot going on (laughs) yes yeah but I've always got other writing things on the back burner and a whole lot of scripts and stories that I've got that I really want to hopefully be able to make and tell in the future are you working a day job as well I do it's not it's quite rare sometimes it depends on kind of how busy I am with other things I do occasionally work front of house in a theatre oh cool but again it's very flexible and it's not always very regular that's one thing I need to start asking a bit more on the podcast because 
how do you make it work? That's one of the main things when people moving to London. A lot of people that are at the drama school I'm going to now are like, what do you do? Because it's really hard to find flexible work. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, front of house was always like, you know, I can do auditions in the in the day if I need to. And, you know, meetings and auditions and all the things that I need to be doing for acting stuff because I have the days. But also, yeah, it's about finding the kind of flexible, quote unquote, casual jobs that that you can do around all the other things because for me anyway I always want to be focusing 100% on my actual career I think it's I think a lot of people I guess have a danger of maybe falling into a trap of like oh I need to be working and then you know I never I always want to kind of mindfully switch so that that never is taking priority over I'm not using that as an excuse to not do an audition or to not be doing something for my acting so if there's an opportunity that comes forward for acting or for writing or for my film or anything that I want to be prioritizing that as much as I can. Although it is definitely one of the struggles of of being an artist is the financial balance between day jobs and acting. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, it's striking a balance for sure. But I think finding something that's flexible enough that I can do that and and still be prioritizing what I need to be prioritizing. Yeah, so... One question I've been asking every episode is what story would you tell on Graham Norton's red chair? Have you seen Graham oh, Norton? Yes, okay. I have. <laughs> I've, um, I've actually never explained the concept of the red chair. Graham Norton's red chair, someone goes on and tells a story and then if it's a rubbish story, he pulls the lever <laughs> and they go flying back. But then obviously we don't have that here. So whatever story you tell, I'm going to say it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> are we talking funny story? Are we talking? There's no pressure. Actually, are we um, one of the guys that was he did this visual effects in the Star Wars movies, and his story, which was at the very end of the podcast, because I would have, like picked his brain had I known, was that he was asked to be a guard in one of the movies. So he was one of Natalie Portman's guards, and then they made an action figure about him, and he was the standard guard. So he went in when he saw it and he bought like, there were seven there, he bought all of them. (laughs) So it was a really interesting kind of like, it's just a conversation starter. But yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that pops into your mind that you're like, ah, this is like maybe a a bombing moment or a a moment of your career you kind of went, oh shit. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Oh God, what would I choose? Oh yeah. So I was on set for a film and... In this is back in New York. I'd woken up at four in the morning. Our day started at about five, and I was sitting in the like, um, in the craft services room, basically with a couple of, of friends. You know, they brought out craft services, and I love my coffee. I love my coffee. I need my coffee <laughs> to yeah. function. So, um, I had. I basically as soon as it came out there made a beeline for the coffee kind of everyone else out of the way I need to get my coffee it's very early and so I kind of squeezed past this man like got myself a cup of coffee when I sat back down and when I sat back down my friend pointed out to me that the man that I just like squeezed past to get coffee was the executive producer of the movie oh god (laughs) I won't say his name because yeah let's just say he's an important dude he was very nice and he was you know lovely about it and very understanding but I just was not (laughs) fully there and had uh not kind of clocked that that was him (laughs) oh god I'm sure I must have done that like a hundred times it's coffee yeah need it I feel like that's the one excuse people will understand you know yeah coffee or if you smoke cigarettes but I don't smoke 
No. Where can people follow you if they want to keep up with what you're doing? Absolutely. I am on Instagram. That's probably the best place. It's at Sophie Max underscore. That's S-O-P-H-I-E-M-A-X underscore. And the film is at Whole Truth Film on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. I am also on Facebook and Twitter, but it's... I think if you search uh, Sophie Max S, because someone's already taken Sophie Max, there's apparently a clothing brand called Sophie Max. So, um, yeah, at Sophie Max S on Facebook or Twitter as well, but Instagram's probably the one that I use most for kind of professional mediums. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you.